Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links, and see where it takes us. John, what do you have for us today? My two-sentence-long article... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Three-sentence-long article is Lenasia Stadium, previously known as the Lens Stadium and MR Veraccia Stadium. It is a cricket ground in Johannesburg, mm. South Africa, and this is already starting to sound uh. mighty familiar. We give Wikipedia one time, one click towards a certain topic, and out of nowhere, we just are saddled with that for the rest yep. of eternity. Like, Wikipedia <laughs> remembers it, and it integrates it into its random algorithm somehow, so it brings mm. up things. What we're trying to do, though isn't repeat ourselves what we're yeah. trying to do is bring up genuinely different things now i refuse to believe that all of wikipedia is towns with no people mods indian films and cricket <laughs> but anyway it's neither here nor there it's a cricket ground in south africa hmm. used regularly from by transvaal i guess which i guess is a team from 1973 until 1991 um and that's about all there is to say of it. There's a little more, but let's see what you, let's see what Eric has first before we go any further. Well, it's gonna stay in sports. It looks like okay. I have Kerry Brown. Who? In parentheses American football. Okay. <laughs> uh, born in Marietta, Georgia. He is 31 years old. Um, he plays for or he last played. Oh, he's a former American football player. Okay. Already at 31, former player. He played last played for the Washington Redskins. Ah, well, that will that'll explain that pretty quickly. <laughs> if you follow football at all, you know the Redskins just kind of burst apart in the atmosphere. <laughs> like they routinely do this thing where they hire a bunch of kids mm. from college, and then you know, six years later, they're not playing football anymore, <laughs> anywhere. Like not even the minor leagues, nowhere at all, no place. <laughs> Yeah, he was signed in 2008, and... Uh, oh, so this, this is much more recent than I was thinking. When you said that name, I, for some reason, went to, like, old-timey... No. Like, it sounds no, like yeah, a 1920s kind of name. Like, it could have been <laughs> a 1920s-era American football sports star. Yeah, he was born in 1985, oh, so... Uh, back to the future year. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Respect. I mean, he had no part in that, but respect. Yeah. It's good. It's a good, good movie to be born into. Yeah, yeah. You are you exist in that timeline now, mm-hmm. in the uh, the basically the uh, cosmic meeting place of all timelines. <laughs> so are we going to investigate Kerry Brown and football slash Georgia, where he was born? We should first go to Kerry Brown. Yeah, we should start okay. with Kerry Brown. How do we do his name? K E R R Y. 
The exact like I was <laughs> I went I went C A uh, because you know yeah, it's the, you don't want to carry <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay, so he was an undrafted free agent initially, which might explain why he wasn't in the league for terribly long. He wasn't one of those people that you hear about in the draft that people like get all hyped up for or anything like that. He was just this guy who did some good football work in college, and people were like, you know what? Let's do it. Bring him <laughs> aboard. So, from there, where should we go? Hmm. Well, um, do we want to stay in sports? Do we want to move away from sports? That is the question. Because... Uh-huh. Most of the links are to sports-related things. You go to yeah. university or specifically college football, high school football. Um, that could be interesting. That is you a pretty broad article topic. Yeah. About that. But, uh, you could go to Washington Redskins. You could go to the uh, position he played, America, uh, guard for American football. You could yeah. go to Town Marietta, Georgia. How about, I, I like your idea uh, of high school football. I think that has potential to be interesting. Even yeah. that are like Southern Conference. Because then you don't just have access to one university. Right. Then we can go to any university at all. Well, if we go to uh, well, high school any. football, uh-huh. we could possibly move up to college football. You know, That's like, true, yeah. Maybe like work They're our way not, up. Just like, like a real player. We'll be the football player of Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to... Draw a bunch of X's and O's and shuffle them around. <laughs> draw errors around them. Yep. Anyway, yeah, high school football. Let's go. All right. So, high school football is gridiron football played by high school teams in the United States and Canada, also by American high school teams in Europe. And it ranks among the most popular interscholastic sports in both countries. Um, wait. In both countries. United States, Canada, and Europe? <laughs> yep, both of them. <laughs> How about we do a little magic editing? Okay. So, I feel like it's interesting. So, well, hold on. We've we got to figure out how we want to word this. Okay. we got to fix um, this somehow. Ranks among the most popular interscholastic sports in both United States and Canada, maybe. But it also has Europe in there. High school football is played, is gridiron football played by high school teams in the United States and Canada, also by American high school teams in Europe. Ooh, oh, oh, how about this? Period after Canada. Okay. And then move, it ranks among the most popular interscholastic sports in both countries. Then, a new sentence, it is also played by American high school teams in Europe. Does that make sense? It is also popular amongst American high school teams in Europe. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, save that. Okay, refresh. There we go. Okay. So, high school football is gridiron football, played by high school teams in the United States and Canada. It ranks among the most popular interscholastic sports in both countries. It is also popular amongst American high school teams in Europe. There, there we, we are. Yeah. That's, that's nice. That's solid. 
Good work. Good work. Yeah. Um. So I guess gridiron football is like the official term for American football. Well, I think it's also kind of the configuration in which it's played, as opposed to soccer, oh, where you kick okay. the ball around. Like gridiron is like you have two pe- you have two teams line up and they stare at each other for a really long time <laughs> before every single play. Like that's not something that happens in literally any other sport. Yeah. So, well, I mean, maybe rugby, but even then I feel like there's more moving around. Yeah. Uh, high school football began in the late 19th century, concurrent oh. with the start of many college football programs. So they were both kind of emerging at the same time. So, okay, so they were already playing college football and then they started right. up high school football. Exactly. So, but, man, but they were but they weren't too far apart. Like it was like yeah. it was close. It was very close. Um, man, which is that, that weird. would have been nice to like yeah. be in college and be like already starting football and be like, hey, I'm already getting in the ground floor. I don't have yeah, to yeah, just, prove myself in high school. Yeah, just like walking right out onto the field and being like, okay, well, I mean, you wouldn't have any idea it would have been as huge as it became right. at that point. Yeah, but. Also, there was probably the high risk of death because of the lack of helmets (laughs) at that point in time. Yeah, there were very low safety standards at the time. But then there were also very low steroidal use at the time. That's true. (laughs) The team players were much smaller guys. Yeah, average height in the United States at the time was not as big as it is now. But man, that's uh, pretty early. I didn't realize football began that early. Early 19th? I was expecting like 20s. 20th century at least. But like late 19th century, man, that's that's earlier than I was still, thinking. yeah. Because I was pretty sure it was like into the teens before it became like a yeah. thing that adults did. So I don't maybe know. it was, maybe it was just. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's like a history. Well, no, we're only the high school. Well, of course, but section, we're gonna, but we're gonna yeah. get to the history part. You're right, yeah. Um. A lot of traditions circulate around this kind of thing. Uh, pep rallies, marching bands, mascots, homecoming uh, processionals, um, all of this stuff uh, that actually started in high school football and became traditional there is now mm. mirrored by college football. So that's the causality mm. of all of those things. Um, no minor league farm organizations exist in American football, so high school football is generally considered to be the third tier of American football in the United States. They're the minor, minor league behind college, which is the minor league, and then professional, which is the majors. Uh, It is the first level of play in which a player will start to accumulate statistics which will then determine their chances of competing at the college level. And eventually, maybe, if they're talented enough and if they don't, like, hurt themselves at all, (laughs) which is a superhuman feat sometimes, uh, they may be selected to play at the professional level. The amount of colleges that you have people playing football <laughs> at, it's really ridiculous to, like, yeah. all of a sudden there's that much of a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. There's, like, well, we can maybe have, like, 800 guys continue to play <laughs> out of these, like, thousands. Like, there's 27 different bowl games yeah. that happen in college football, and then there's one Super Bowl, and it's just like, oh, it's not a very good retention rate. That's That's terrible. <laughs> I love the uh, picture on the side here. A running back sweeps the left end during a high school football game near Cincinnati, Ohio, 1999. And in the picture itself, you can't really tell a whole lot about anybody sweeping left. Nope, it's just a couple of people people running running. (laughs) downfield. Yep. 
Uh, so. The rules uh, stem from an organization known as the National Federation of State High School Associations, which is abbreviated NFHS. Uh, it establishes all of the rules in U.S. high school football games, uh, the exceptions being Texas and Massachusetts, which use the college, collegiate NCAA rules, interestingly, um, with some exceptions as noted below, uh, saying that with their common ancestry, the NFHS rules of high school football are largely similar to the college game, though, with some important differences, the four quarters are each 12 minutes in length instead of 15, as it would be in college. Uh, Texas uses the NFHS 12-minute quarter Massachusetts uses 11-minute quarters, except in playoffs, where they are 10 minutes because of the possibility of playing in three games in 10 days, which is nuts. Kickoffs take place at the team's 40-yard line, as opposed to the 35 in college and the NFL. Both Texas and Massachusetts have followed suit and actually listened to this rule. Uh, if an attempted field goal is missed, it is treated as a punt. Huh. Normally, it would be a touchback, and the opposing team will start at the 20-yard line. However, if it does not enter the end zone, it can be downed and returned as a normal punt, which is something I've never seen a high school football yeah. team make use of. <laughs> I I swear, I've seen yeah. them miss. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it has to, like, do you think that means that, like, it has to go, bef- it has to, like, land before the touchdown? Yeah, it has to be the end really, zone? really bad field yeah. goal kick. You have to, like, go, because f- <laughs> as soon as you go past the end zone, I would assume you're safe. Like, you can't yeah. return it from outside of the field. That wouldn't make sense. Right, yeah. But, yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, like, you have to be, like, you have why to would twist you your try? ankle while you're yeah. trying to kick it or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, any kick crossing the goal line is automatically a touchback. Uh, kicks cannot be returned out of the end zone. Uh, pass interference by the defense results in a 15-yard penalty, but no automatic first down. Pass interference by the offense results in a 15-yard penalty from the previous spot. Also no loss of down. The defense cannot return an extra point attempt for score. A defensive player that encroaches the neutral zone, uh, regardless of whether the uh, Klingons were snapped or not, commits a dead ball foul for encroachment. Five-yard penalty from the previous spot prior to 2013. Offensive pass interference resulted in a 15-yard penalty and a loss of down. The loss of down provision has been deleted from the rules starting in 2013. In college and the NFL, offensive pass interference is only 10 yards. The use of overtime and the type of overtime use is up to the individual state association. The NFHS offers a suggested overtime procedure based on the Kansas playoff, but does not make its provisions mandatory. Intentional grounding may be called, even if the quarterback is outside the tackle box. And finally, the home team must wear dark-colored jerseys, (laughs) and the visiting team must wear white jerseys. In the NFL, the home team has the choice of their jersey color. And in the NCAA, the home team may wear white with the approval of the visiting team. (laughs) Wow. So... Some little tweaks, most of which are aimed at making the game more approachable, easier, more fun to play. Uh, nothing really too revolutionary, though. Take a few... It's a little bit of a shorter game. Take it easy on the tykes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want to get home early. Go to bed, wake up, and have productive high school lives. Yeah. 
So, you know, you got to... Although uh, football games tend to be on Friday nights. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter so. anyway, but even still, like, they're not encouraging well, them to be they're probably missing their homework, though, on Friday nights. Yeah. So you need to give them time on Saturday to... Make it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at least one unique high school rule has been adopted by college football. In 1996, overtime rules originally utilized by Kansas high school teams were adopted by the NCAA. Although, the NCAA has made two major modifications. A, starting each possession from the 25-yard line, and B, starting with the third overtime period, requiring teams to attempt a two-point conversion following a touchdown. Hmm. So that's interesting. Um... Another interesting one, 34 states have a mercy rule that comes into play during one-sided <laughs> games after a prescribed scoring margin is surpassed at halftime or any point thereafter. I see this in the local paper, paper a lot. They have a section that is f- high school football scores from across the entire state of uh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and they periodically have games where it's been like 75 to nothing <laughs> yeah i've seen them so there's so many there's still so many games they're just completely lopsided so this is kind of an interesting thing to me because i don't think pennsylvania has this rule <laughs> yeah it wouldn't seem so no uh, no it would not <laughs> type of mercy rules vary from state to state many using a continuous clock after the scoring margin is breached wherein except for specific situations the clock keeps running on plays where the clock would normally stop. Mm. That would deplete pretty quickly. Yeah. Without any stops, a football game is just 48 minutes long in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not that much time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm usually, I'm always, like, surprised by that when I, where I see a football game. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, 12 minutes. It's going to take long to watch. And then, like, an hour goes by. Oh, four minutes left. In this okay. one quarter. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't understand how this <laughs> happened, but if I'm wasting time, I'm already wasting it, so that's fine. Um, that's a nice little uh, rule, though. No, it's a good idea. Texas, uh, for example, uses a 45-point mercy rule to stop the game only in six-man football. For 11-man football, there is no automatic stoppage, but the coaches may mutually agree to use a continuous clock. Nobody plays six-man football. I've never That's not a thing I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I've heard of that in, like, casual between-friends play. But, but never, not like... like, an organization <laughs> yeah. that does six-man football. That's real weird. I guess it's just, like, normal football teams, just you get rid of the linemen. Just don't have yeah. linemen on either <laughs> side, and then just have everybody else do stuff. Hmm. So that's literally all. It's, like, the five guys. It's the center... You get rid of the center, the two tackles, and the two ends, and uh, okay, <laughs> there you go. There's your there's your remaining six people. <laughs> Those are the ones you actually needed. Yeah. <laughs> you never needed to have these five on either side. So uh, most Canadian schools use Canadian football rules adapted for the high school game. The exception is British Columbia, which uses NFHS rules as used in the United States. So they're the only ones. There are homeschool students that use uh, that uh, can play high school football. Um, they do so through independent or freelance teams, and they can uh, compete against small private schools and uh, states like Florida allows homeschooled students to compete in interscholastic athletics for their local school district. So they just 
go ahead and join up with whoever their school would be if they went to one. Tim Tebow was actually one of these homeschooled uh, football players. Whoa. I mean, that actually makes a lot of things make a lot of sense. <laughs> but training for upcoming seasons usually starts with weightlifting and other conditioning activities, as one would expect, because by the time they are in the professional level, these people are more muscle than they are anything else. Um, they also have specialized speed and, a tra- and, tra- and agility training in some states. The training begins a few weeks after the end of the previous season. Other states, it begins as late as August. Some states allow seven-on-seven scrimmages, while others prohibit formal practices during most of the summer. Near the end of the summer, in mid-August, double sessions tend to begin and usually last for one week until school starts. After double sessions and regular season practices begin with daily sessions each week, day afternoon, except on game day. Practices are often held on Saturday as well, but almost never on Sunday. So, most high school football teams, kind of Chick-fil-A rules, really. (laughs) So, I like the section on mascots. Um, As with college and professional football teams, most high school teams in every state have a mascot or team name. Wow. So they are suggesting by that sentence that there are some high school teams that do not have a team name. Or a mascot. Or a mascot. They have they're just the this high school. Yeah. <laughs> um and a team name or mascot may convey an image sense of strength, speed, and or bravery. So you see a lot of like Names like Tigers or Eagles or Wildcats or Trojans, Warriors. I know we were we had the Spartans, and I've but seen that name a lot around other places. Yeah, except we didn't. You didn't use the right icon. We used the Spartan. <laughs> we didn't use. I mean, we didn't use the Spartan. We didn't. We have the Trojan guy. Wasn't that the Trojan? Probably. Spartans don't wear helmets <laughs> like that. That's never been a thing. Well, let's look up what the Spartan looks like. Yeah. It's not that. It's a Trojan. Yeah. It's literally, we stole the, we literally stole and put our school colors on the USC Trojans mascot from like the 50s. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> well, they, they're they kind of similar. Are they? I will say. Although we could have gone with a much cooler uh, symbol. Because instead of going with the profile if you go with the straight-on shot, that's pretty, pretty cool, right there. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, like, if we actually were Spartans, our helmets would have been a little neater, a little nicer looking. Yeah. Point of fact, people used to tell me that they were it was the Trojan, but looking at the Trojan helmet, Trojan helmet isn't right either. Like, <laughs> none of those are what I remember from my childhood of being in. A school with a Spartan mascot, so uh, perhaps we just had random miscreant Roman soldier <laughs> as our as our mascot, even though you know we were purportedly Spartans. Uh, could be. I mean, 
Let's be let's be real though. The only reason we ever actually had Spartan as a mascot was because it was warrior-like. And yeah, it gave us that nice S alliteration. Mm. Garden spot Spartans, spot Spartans, spot Spartans. Like everybody likes yeah. nice alliterative, yeah. rolling off the tongue sort of name. Tricking the brain. But then there are some team names you have to sit and wonder. You know, like Mannheim Township Blue Streaks. <laughs> mm. Their, their uh, symbol is just the DVD cover for the Martin Lawrence movie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> I kind of want to print things out and go to Mannheim Township and have a, have a good time now. But uh, I won't do that because they are very rich. <laughs> they have cameras and everything. So can't. Can't do it. Okay. Um, yeah, there there are uh, other team names. Um like Yuma High School in Yuma, Arizona, is known as the Criminals due to the school's historic connection to the infamous Yuma Territorial Prison. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not really too out of the ordinary to have a criminal for your uh, mascot, though. I mm-hmm. mean, you have the Buccaneers, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are all pirates, mm-hmm. which are criminals. Yeah. People forget <laughs> that a lot, but they are. <laughs> I don't know. There's, I I, I wish there was a, 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 a link to high school list of high school mascots. But the only thing that there's a C also for in this section is Native American mascot controversy. Oh wow! Which um, you know what? Let's do it. Let's <laughs> go. Right, let's, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I already know where this is heading, but come on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is yeah. covering everything, top to bottom in one fell swoop. We're talking National <laughs> League, in-between league, and high school league. Yep. All at one time. Oh, white people. Hmm. <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, shall we begin? Let's see. The propriety of using terms and images referring to Native Americans as the name or as the mascot for a sports team is a topic of public controversy in the United States and Canada arising as part of the Native American Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s. Uh, I I fail to think that it actually started only then, but... I think that was the only time. That was. I mean, like that. That was the date that people started. That that was the date that white people started acknowledging them. That, yeah. <laughs> that was that was when that was. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, when uh, high school football started, yeah, it was in the 1800s. Yeah, and that was still during the time where you know conflict with Native the Americans was actually was, uh, still a thing. Yeah, they were still creating reservations. Mm-hmm. They were still pushing people off of lands. Like, yeah. That went on way later than anybody really wants <laughs> to admit. Um, and uh, except for the Native Americans, who will tell you about it at length. Oh yeah, um, which um, is good because somebody should. But yeah. <laughs> the American history books sure won't. They those pretty sure they have Native Americans are people of, here. Uh-huh. You sure? <laughs> Were they? Kind of surprised that Canada is uh, also involved in this mess. Well, they but, seem uh, nicer, but they still had roots I mean, in colonial Britain and France. Let's yeah, I they mean, weren't going to be much nicer. like it's. When you think about it, like, when it, just a general overview, like, you think of Canada, you're like, oh, there's just a bunch of nice people over there. Yeah. But then you really think about it, and you're like, wait a minute, that was still part of North America. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. still people that came there that weren't there originally. That were not, no. And there was a 
group of people living there before them. And that have been dis- definitively <laughs> displaced by this new wave. Yeah. So, like... But yeah. it seems like Canada overall is not as populated densely as America. So whenever they, people got pushed so out of their homes least, there, they were just yeah. kind of like, eh, just go a little bit further <laughs> this way and everything's fine. Yeah. Maybe Canada wasn't as hands-on about it. I don't know That's for true. sure. But... Yeah. Maybe they were just polite. Maybe they actually yeah. asked them to leave. <laughs> Excuse us. Could you please leave? Our city is really, really big, and we, we really need some room because we're really crowded here. Would you mind? <laughs> like, you can go wherever you want. No pressure. We just thought it might be a nice idea to build our city this way. Uh, okay, sure. Okay, thanks. <laughs> like, that would have been what we think of as modern-day Canadian. Yeah. Who knows, though? Maybe they're only nice now. Yeah, that could be. Um, but yes, I mean, uh, we've already mentioned the Washington Redskins, uh-huh. which is uh, in name and in mascot and everything about them is offensive. Um, the uh, Cleveland Indians, which isn't insensitive so much as they are not called Indians yeah. <laughs> because they do not live in India. They live here. Yeah. They are Americans. Uh, in particular, their logo, Chief Wahoo, <laughs> is very offensive. And for me, personally, confusing, because whenever I saw him, it, I thought that it was stylized weird, and I did not look at him, and I, I did not see a Native American. I saw, like, either a very tan white dude, or if I'm being completely honest, somebody who, like, like some Latin guy. <laughs> like, I saw, like, I saw, like, more like, you know... He looks like Speedy Gonzalez, okay? <laughs> like, there. I said it. It's already an offensive logo. Let's just let's stack <laughs> it on. Let's just really make that logo feel awful. Um, the thing is with Chief Wahoo is that it still is supposed to be, at the very least, a Native American. It's just that it's a very over-exaggerated, <laughs> cartoonish kind. Yeah. In the same way that blackface is offensive, Chief Wahoo is offensive. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Uh, the issue is often discussed in the media in terms of offensiveness, which tends to reduce the problem to one of just feelings and opinions, and prevents a fuller understanding of the history and the context of the use of Native American names and images, and the reasons why such name use uh, by sports teams really should be done away with. Social science research says that sports mascots and images, rather than being mere entertainment, are important symbols with deeper psychological and social effects. The accumulation of research on the harm done has led to over 115 professional organizations representing civil rights, educational, athletic, and scientific experts. Uh, adopting resolutions or policies that state that the use of Native American names and or symbols by non-Native sports teams is a form of ethnic stereotyping that promotes misunderstanding and prejudice when contributes, which contributes to other problems faced by Native Americans. Yeah, you know, looking at the different logos between the Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians, I feel like their logos should be swapped. Because... Right? Because the if logo you're going for to have the Washington Redskins isn't inherently offensive. No. Because it's just a Native American Native figure. American, like a like very expertly drawn, you know, like like tasteful yeah. in it's like it's traditional a portrait, clothing. Like a regular portrait of a right. person. It's and then and then you had to go out there and you had to use the most offensive word possible. <laughs> yeah. To just whoop. Okay. Yeah. Well But like like if if you're gonna 
have that name, you might as well just ham it up and, you know... Go for go, Chief Wahoo. Spring for, for Chief Wahoo. Yeah. like, ridiculous. Yeah. Go go, and, go d- full Donald Trump <laughs> if you're going to go Donald Trump at all. Like, that's kind of the rule. And Yeah, and, like, if you're Cleveland Indians, like, you're not great, but, you know, at least uh, have some kind of class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not blatantly offensive. Yeah. It's not the word that is used to offend <laughs> yeah. the Native American populace. Like, Native Americans hear Indians, they say. Well, not technically, but sure. Yeah. Native Americans hear the <laughs> other one. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ooh, sports mascots have often been cited as microaggressions, the everyday mm. insults that members of a marginalized minority group are subject to. I like that word. Microaggressions. Yeah. That's an interesting phenomenon. <laughs> There's a link to microaggression theory as well. Oh, yeah, and also uh, Atlanta Braves. I forgot about them. Oh, yeah. They but they, they kind of are... Uh, it's... I, like <laughs> dodging the uh they're dodging everything really like, they're oh, not, it's the home of the brave they're the, the natives they're the brave ones yeah and like on so their logo the is a hatchet and it's, it's a, like it's hey, a tool it's, uh, it's a tool <laughs> they a can tool. explain their way out of being offensive you can be brave with easily. a hatchet you ever read Gary Paulson's hatchet <laughs> it's a really the kid's really brave he crashes in the wilderness <laughs> has no adult figures around him he uses a hatchet <laughs> And I would argue that their logo is more the stylized A for Atlanta than the actual Almost. Almost. Because, I mean... Because you I see mean, the I, A on, like right there, you know, big yeah. on hats and everything. I can understand why it's offensive to Native American people. In the ranking, though, we definitely know who Chief Offender number one is. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's definitely outdone. In every way, shape, and form. Like, <laughs> step one is making the Washington Redskins not okay. Yeah. Taking that out, like, then we'll work our way to that. But, like, <laughs> the most extreme form should be done away with first before we can really put a lid on the whole container. Yeah. Because that's just, yeah. Yeah, European Americans have had a history of playing Indian that dates back to the colonial period. Uh, oh, and it still goes on today. Sure. Oh, yep, yep, positive of it. I can't remember what Disney movie I've seen that in, but like kids, <laughs> there's an animated Disney movie where kids like play Indian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What is that? I, not, I don't uh, know. It's not. Uh, it's not surprising that Peter Pan, was racist. is it? Yeah, I think it is. I'm pretty sure. Because, yeah, don't the Lost Boys... Like, they pretty much are. Well, I mean, they do... <laughs> don't they run into Native Americans at some point? Maybe. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they... That definitely gets a little dicey there. Yep. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, the mid- mid-century Disney. That that yeah. stuff was racist all over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of weird themes that would, in retrospect, be super, <laughs> super questionable. Um, Ooh, interesting. Um, the Boston Red Stockings hmm. became the Braves mm-hmm. in 1912. The Boston Red Stockings. So they went from being inoffensive to being offensive. Yeah. Okay. Not the right direction, <laughs> but it was 1912, so still not the right direction, but... <laughs> 
I guess they couldn't very well be with the red socks right next door be the red stockings. I mean, they totally could have, because <laughs> socks and stockings are two very different words, but... Yeah. Uh, so well. there is an origin to the Cleveland Indians name. Hmm. It was a request by club owner Charles Summers to baseball writers to choose a new name to replace the Naps following the departure of their star player, Nap Lahoy. Wait, they named an entire team after one dude who was, like, their good... For real? Yeah, I mean, that's not Why a great idea. Why would you do that idea? in the first place? Because, like, if you can trade people... If you do that in, the sports where you, in a sport where you can trade players away... And where people may not play the sport at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, but that was after the 1914 season. And the name Indians was chosen because it was one of the nicknames previously applied to the old Cleveland Spiders baseball club during the time when Louis Sokalexis, a Native American, played in Cleveland. And the success of the Braves in the 1914 World Series may have had another reason for adopting an Indian mascot. The story that the team is named to honor Sokalexis as the first Native American to play Major League Baseball cannot be verified from historical documents. So, it's mm. a cool name, though, Sokalexis. Yeah. So, the popular opinion uh, segment is kind of amusing. A bit bemusing, really. I mean, popular opinion being that, well, the white people who are now the majority of this country who managed to kill all of the <laughs> opposing opinion through hundreds of years of neglect, torture, and disease. Uh, right are now the popular opinion holders. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's a little unfair to call it popular opinion, but nonetheless, that's what the section is called. So here we go. Some individuals who support the use of Native American mascots meant state that they are meant to be respectful and pay, <laughs> and pay homage to uh, okay. Native American people. Even though they're usually caricatured and cartoonish. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that we have no other people groups, which are names of teams. Yeah, you don't like have like pirates and cr- I mean criminals is one thing. Yeah, patriots is a positive thing. Yeah, if you called then a what? team like the Blacks or yeah, <laughs> something, you, you would never <laughs> no, get away with that. That would be awful. That would be like the, wor- be the like that. That would life. not get past like you <laughs> saying it to somebody as an idea. Yeah, they would immediately be like, no, no, we're no. not. There's there's no, no. consideration for I doing know. that. What's wrong with you? Okay, yeah, yeah, the black, like, no. Yeah, like, there's no way any other people group is getting a mascot. No. Um, uh, says that uh, many have made the argument that Native American mascots focus on bravery, courage, and fighting skills rather than anything derogatory, but... <laughs> I, do I need to go there? I mean, bravery and courage, sure. But mostly it's just it wasn't bravery or courage. You were in their home and you had guns <laughs> and where else are they going to go? That was not bravery or courage. That was yeah. that was desperation. You're, you're misinterpreting that whole experience <laughs> from a, the wrong angle. You don't see that right. Anyway, okay. Carl Swanson 
uh, vice president of the Washington Redskins professional football team, declared in the magazine Sports Illustrated that his team's name symbolizes courage, dignity, and leadership, even though it's the one that is literally the derogatory term. They could have just been the Washington Indians if they wanted to do that. Yeah. They were, yeah. This one does like is Indian is, is Indian Redburn like a symbol of leadership now? Is that what what they were thinking when they <laughs> named it? Or because to me it's just been an annoying playground trick that's been like horribly culturally misappropriated. Like that's yeah. not. Uh, okay, plowing forward. Um, Enel Ad Yanthaya, an attorney. Uh, wrote on June 5th, 2005, the use of Aztec or Seminole as a nickname by itself would not appear to be racist, as such names refer to a particular civilization rather than an entire race of people. In this way, they are no different from other school nicknames, such as Trojans and Spartans, like Aztecs, ancient peoples, or the Fighting Irish and the Flying Dutchman. Like Seminoles, nationalities. I do like the Aztecs as a name. That's a, yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's solid. Similarly, warriors and braves are no different from the fighting men of other cultures, like Vikings, Minutemen, or Musketeers. All current NCAA mascots, the first of which is also an NFL mascot. Um, so it seems hard to argue that their use is uniquely demeaning in some way. However, it is not the names by themselves that are seen as uniquely insulting to Native Americans. Dr. Richard Lapchak, Director Emeritus of Northeast University's Center for the Study of Sport in Society, in an article stated, Could you imagine people mocking African Americans in blackface at a game? Yet, go to a game and where there is a team with an Indian name, and you will see fans with war paint on their faces. Isn't that the equivalent to blackface? And I think he raises a pretty good point there. Yeah. That's edgy. I have to agree. At best. Others claim Native American mascots help promote the culture. To those who might not be aware of its significance. <laughs> that's sad. That <laughs> They're resorting to that. Yeah, but that's like the argument that's next. Like, yes, let's promote that, that they even have to suggest that we need to promote the culture of the people who lived here originally yeah. like, <laughs> like hey are you aware of these people that used to live here and look at this like we're doing it in a way that's just native american dna like it's <laughs> not like it's not like in any way respectful it's goofy yeah. it's caricature it's insulting of course they wouldn't. They wouldn't enjoy that. <laughs> anyway, Chief uh, Illinois, the former athletic symbol for the University of Illinois, became the subject of protest in 1988. I'm not familiar with this. I'm just gonna I bounce over real either. quick. Yeah, I want to see this. That's an interesting logo. That is a very <laughs> just stand, stand stereotypical yep. guy with an Indian headdress on. Um, some Native American colors going on around the color scheme. Uh, in 1990, the Board of Trustees of the University of Illinois called the mascot a dignified symbol. 
His ceremonial dance is done with grace and beauty. The chief keeps the memory of the people of a great native tribe alive for thousands of Illinoisians uh, who otherwise would know little or nothing of them. However, the tribal costume was not of the Illinois Confederation, but that of the Lakota tribe. The Peoria tribe of Indians of Oklahoma is the closest living descendants of the Illuminic Confederacy. And in 2005, John P. Froman, the new chief, when asked his position by the NCAA, indicated that Chief Illinois was not representative of their culture or their tribe, mainly because the costume is Sioux. Mm. So, you know, even the most quote-unquote respectful of these mascots <laughs> is uh, insulting because the Native Americans were here for a really long time. They yeah. were, they had very niche cultures. Yeah, it's not and like... you don't understand it's that not fully... Like, like uh, Native Americans as a whole group of people, yeah. like they had their own... Tribes. You can't and, like, just kind of make an amalgamation yeah. of the most, the most. There was like, like cultures within traits. the larger culture. Yeah, like pretty so. much like how it is today. Like yeah, like you there's know. like various like, like pockets. You go up to Boston, you go to New York, you go to L.A., you go to Philly, Texas, you Chicago. Go to, like you got different pizzas, you, know, you got different accents. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and that's just been in the last couple hundred years. That entire <laughs> differentiation has occurred. Uh, 200 years from now, somebody making a football team or something and calling it the uh, Americans and yeah. just having, like, I don't know. Like he's like, they, they, he has two hot dogs in his hand. He has a cowboy <laughs> hat on. He has LA sunglasses. Like he has Ray Bans. He has, like, he's like smoking a stogie yeah. from, uh, from, I don't know where they ever make stogies. <laughs> but no, he has, like, I really can't think of anything that's, like, so that's the problem, is, like, we replaced real culture with stuff that's so, like, bland and trivial yeah. that you can't remember it off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. So, in any, in any case, um, in, 19, in 2007, it took them that long, 1988 until 2007, uh, finally the University of Illinois retired that <laughs> logo. Well, I wonder what they are now. The, uh... But it can be done. Yeah. Liberal Mike. arts colleges can be brought around to understand <laughs> that it's insulting <laughs> to <laughs> make generalizations about entire races of people. Might take much longer than it should, but it'll happen. Meanwhile, on the opposite end of the spectrum, how do you convince billionaire sport team owners <laughs> who are by virtue of their income, probably not liberal, <laughs> to change their stance. That's the question. That's that's what's going to take time. Yeah. I don't imagine that's uh, anytime soon. No. Uh, I guess uh, I did think of one thing about the Braves hmm. that is uh, like that See, each of these teams, like, just takes one aspect and goes wrong with it. You know, yep. like, the Indians had, you know, an okay name, but they went wrong with the logo. Yeah. And 
Washington bur- has an okay logo, but if it wasn't for the inherently yeah, insulting thing. Right. So, the Braves, they have an okay logo, have an okay name, but they do engage in, like, Indian war chants as their... Oh, do they? Isn't it? Like, isn't that the one no, that's, No, I like, don't care about the Braves at all. I just <laughs> don't care about... I'm pretty sure they're the ones that do, like, the... Them. Like, they have, like, a song thing. They probably it's, do, though. It's like, like, a, an Indi- like an Indian song kind of thing. Really, and there are they so have, many... Like, tomahawks, and they... You don't have do. a single team that's based on dragons. Okay? Yeah. Why it's... do we have to dwell on insulting people <laughs> who aren't dead, they're still here, they're still alive, and we also invaded their homeland to begin with? <laughs> Why do we have to dwell yeah. on that At when we could point... make a team that's based on dragons? Why wouldn't teams start, like, basing their mascots on literature? Like, For real. Game of Thrones is ripe with good team names. That's cultural. That's American through and through. And, I mean, you got Cthulhu. Imagine, yeah, imagine a team. That's so American. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, That'd be a great, like, the, uh... Uh, that'd be really <laughs> unpronounceable. But, like, if it was a sports team in Hawaii, they should be the Cthulhu. Oh, like, yeah. Come out of the Pacific Ocean and be like this giant uh, deranged <laughs> monster thing. You know, that'd be kind of cool. The Cthulhu. I wonder if Hawaii, do they have, uh, they like, only host stadiums right next to the ocean? That would be pretty awesome. They do, I think, because, I mean, they have the place where they hold the All-Star game, the NFL All-Star game on a... On a Annual basis. Okay. Google Earth. Let's get right on to it. Honolulu. The big one. It's tricky because I keep looking at uh, little circle areas to try to find the stadium on Google Maps. (laughs) And I really should just Google this because most of those stadiums are not stadiums. They are volcano craters. Mm. Aloha Stadium. Salt Lake Boulevard. In Honolulu, Hawaii, Hawaii's largest outdoor arena. It is not quite by the ocean. Actually, it's by the bay, unfortunately. They could have put it closer to the ocean, but I guess they decided that was probably a bad idea. Mm. But yeah, there it is. Big old stadium. The Aloha Stadium. Aren't they also the Aloha State? They are. They're the Aloha everything. Aloha's hello, (laughs) Aloha's goodbye. It's 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 the stadium. It's their entire language. Everything is Aloha. (laughs) It's, uh... Uh, there's native people that we just placed there, too. Um, (laughs) They're all Americans. They are are now. (laughs) Yeah. We assimilated them. That's, uh... <laughs> Not the Hawaiians as much. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like we, we still have a we king, acquired I think. Hawaii, but there's still like a lot of native Hawaiians living yeah. there. Yeah, like and doing their own thing. Right. That wasn't that wasn't too too displaced. I mean, obviously there's natural displacement because we built a city there, but well, yeah. <laughs> there's a link in here to Mohawk hairstyle. Um. <laughs> oh, this is just sick. Many supporters of Native American mascots feel that the financial cost of changing mascots would far outweigh the benefits. Are you kidding me? Like, you change your team's mascot to something cool, people will buy that left, right, and center. 
Mm-hmm. Like you get Cthulhu on there, people buy tentacle hats. Just oh yeah, little tentacles Dude, right in the yeah, face. Perfect. Like you just like you get, get it, like, like this hat way. right up on the top. Yeah, and, and then you can like tentacles can go over this like this way, and then when you want to, you can just have like so tilt your head down. Just oh yeah, you could like pull a thing down from the top. Yeah, snaps up there. You pull it down, and then you have a little dangly yeah tentacle monsters. Yeah. I really don't know Dude. if I want to wear a Cthulhu on my head, but that seems like the worst, <laughs> that seems like a very Cthulhu thing to do. I wish we could just be like logo and mascot designers. Yeah, we actually we would, really, yeah. We could just sit around all day and be like, man, what about like cool. a dragon and like, what about Cthulhu? And, yeah, and how and we like, do that? <laughs> Why we just like make a garment where it's just like a normal like, you know, long haired hat, <laughs> like those hats that like give you automatic dreads, like it's yeah. like that, yeah. only it's in the front. And then there's like two zip things, and they snap back. Yeah. And then you just pull the zipper down. You become Cthulhu mm-hmm. real quick. Team chant action. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, thirty-five dollars <laughs> at uh, uh, any sporting event. Go, go yeah. for it. Go no get offending it. anybody. Nope. It's just uh, just good, good old-fashioned Lovecraftian revelation. <laughs> yep. That's all there is here. They could uh, put tassels on the uh, jerseys. And yeah, little <laughs> tassels. That'll be delightful. That'll be wonderful. <laughs> so, there's a whole history of colleges and universities. Some of them have changed. Uh, Stanford University had the Stanford Indian as its mascot from 1930 to 1972, today replaced by the Stanford Cardinal, uh, which honors the university's athletic team color. Just a smart move. Uh, the symbol of the Stanford band is the Stanford tree. Another early change was the salt, saltine warrior that represented Syracuse University from 1931 to 1978. After a brief attempt to use a Roman warrior, the mascot became Otto the Orange for the school color. Uh, Miami, see, p- p- sports mascots people are so <laughs> odd. They resort to the most bland solution instead of exploring what else they could do. (laughs) Like, what's the most red thing you can think of? Cardinal. Okay, well, yeah, but that's also the first red thing you think of. (laughs) You couldn't think of anything else that's red? Native Americans? No, not that. (laughs) Just there. Leave it be. No. The, uh, out of the orange... You made your football team into a fruit. <laughs> you made it into a fruit. That's not that's not desirable for a football team. You don't want your football team to be called the fruits. That's not <laughs> that's not a good that's not a good uh, a good scene. I mean, it wasn't in the seventies at least. Like now, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, that uh, why why not why not anything other than the color. Why not, like, why don't you just part ways with the color? You don't need <laughs> to have the color. That's true. The color can just be in whatever you make the school mascot. It doesn't, like, the Buccaneers, real Buccaneers on the high seas, they never wore red. It stopped Tampa <laughs> Bay from making them right, red and white. Like, yeah. two colors you <laughs> never would have seen on a pirate <laughs> at all. Just do what you got to do. Yeah. Just, come on now. <laughs> And another one, really quick, uh, Miami University began discussion regarding the propriety of the uh, former name, the Redskins, and images in 1972, 
and change its team name to Red Hawks, the capital H in the middle. Just be like, hey, we changed it <laughs> in 1996. Um, although the team name of Eastern Michigan University changed from the Hurons to the Eagles in 1991, the changed change remained uh, controversial with some students and alumni who sought to restore it. In 2012, the university bought back the Hurons logo, which was placed inside a f- inside flap A of the band uniforms, along with another historic logo, with the stated intent of recognizing the past. However, the return of the Hurons logo has prompted protests from the Native Americans, unsurprisingly, and <laughs> both students and the university and in the local community uh, who state that the old mascot promotes stereotypes and hostility. In one incident, a Native American man encountered some students wearing face paint and Native costume. When asked what they were doing, some responded, We are the effing Hurons. <laughs> when told that their behavior was racist, some responded with insults and threw beer cans. So, mm. those are the kinds of people we're dealing with here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh... There's also um, some pretty horrific uh, high school stories here. Uh, in Alabama, there was a game between the Pinson Valley High School Indians and Mac- Mecadori High School. Doesn't say what their team name was. Um, but uh, the Mecadori High School team displayed a banner using a disparaging reference to the Trail of Tears for which the principal of the school apologized to Native Americans stating that the cheerleader squad responsible would be disciplined and that all students would be given a lesson on the actual history of the Trail of Tears. Hmm. And uh, Native Americans responded that it was an example of the continuing insensitivity and stereotyping of Indians in America. And a similar sign was displayed in Tennessee by the Dyersburg Trojans when they played the Jackson Northside Indians. And as recent as 2013, when the Washington Redskins played the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a... <laughs> Another one we've completely skirted yeah. over until now, but yeah. they have no insulting mascot. Isn't yeah. it just the arrowhead it's, now? Yeah, it's the arrowhead. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they should just be the arrowheads, really. Yeah, that's not insulting. That's cool. It's a sharp thing. Yeah, you fly. You're fast. You're sharp. Great. That's Good. all you need. Uh, but an employee of a Sonic Drive-In in Missouri placed a message outside that used scalping reservations and whiskey to disparage Redskins. Oh my! Uh, it was quickly removed with the owner's apologies, and. Uh, uh. A rubber severed Indian head impaled on a knife is used by sports fans in Philadelphia to taunt rival teams with Native American mascots. What? Who? And another Trail of Tears Uh. sign was displayed by Oklahoma State University fans at their game with the Florida State Seminoles, uh, which was quickly condemned by OSU officials who asked for its removal. Hey, you know what, though? End of the article. End of the day. A database from 2013 shows that there are currently 
almost 2,000 high schools with mascots that reference Native American culture. Now, that does not sound like a good note to end on. <laughs> and I realize this, but bear in mind the figure I just gave you was almost, this is to say, less than 2,000 high schools reference Native American culture with mascots. This is down from 3,000. 3,000 we used to have. Now... You've already seen one-third of that completely evaporate. More than one-third mm-hmm. already gone. Though changes have been made at high school and college levels, at the professional level, there has been virtually no change. Uh, the topic remains an issue on a national level, with a hearing before the United States Senate Committee on Indian Affairs in 2011 and a symposium at the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian in 2013. In November 2015, President Obama, speaking at the White House Tribal Nations Conference, stated names and mascots of sports teams like the Washington Redskins perpetuate negative stereotypes of Native Americans and praised Adidas for a new initiative to help schools change names and mascots by designing new logos and Ooh. paying for the part of the cost of new uniforms. Now, that is actually really cool. Yeah. So there's a schools are changing, yeah. and schools have incentiv- been incentivized to change by a corporation. Even I mean, like, okay, so it's a corporation, <laughs> but at least they're yeah, profiteering there's, there's, uh, to wheels an end. in motion. Yeah, for this. Yeah, that's great. That's actually better progress than I was expecting to see. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little little happy happy ending sorta. Like, yeah, I wonder how many high schools are there in the United States. Well, let's see. <clears throat> Got, I hope there's way more than like 10,000. <laughs> I hope it's not like 4,000. 4, oh, no. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. I'm expecting it almost at this point, though, you know. 26,407. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, and that's just uh, public. Oh, okay. So out of the total of 37,000 high schools in the United States, there are... Only a small fraction that is getting smaller. Still, yeah, good. we're moving. We're moving. Yeah, we're getting progress. Though it's a good, it's a good day to be in the mascot designing industry. Maybe we should get oh, on yeah, that. That's yeah. true. Like we can incentivize this. If if Adidas is incentivizing this kind of thing, we got to yeah. get on this. We got to get oh, yeah. to Adidas and we got to say, hey, we got some ideas <laughs> for some replacement mascots. Hey, and you know, it'd be perfect for high schools. Yeah, it promotes literature. It does. Um, um, history, yeah, and uh, you know psychology. Mm-hmm. You gotta study that a little bit to understand why it's so like debilitating the Cthulhu, the Cthulhu stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, promotes uh, imagination, mm-hmm. creativity, the, the arts, yeah, and having fun and having little terrible monsters yeah. on your head. <laughs> like, what's not to love? <laughs> Come on, Cthulhu. Let's make some Cthulhus. We're there. We have 3D printing. We can make Cthulhu stuff. Oh, yeah. We can make Cthulhu everything for forever <laughs> and profit off of it like crazy. Just make the mascot. Just do it. It's cool. It's terrifying. It's awesome. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it is one of the most terrifying, like, possible things that you could yeah. make your mascot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So, Yeah. From Carrie Brown, American football, to Native American mascot controversy. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's an episode title. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Always visit facebook.com slash TWC podcast. Give us a like and follow. Uh, head over to iTunes and give us a rating. And you can always check out new episodes on the website, twc.ericturibio.com. And I would like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song, as well as Billy Jones and Ernest Hare for our outro song. This is episode number 70. Get up there. Going to be one of those three-digit podcasts soon. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. That's weird. Uh, We were talking about Cthulhu all that time, and one of the Facebook pages, I guess, got suggested was a thing called Relief Imaging. It's a photographer that uses Relief. That thing. Like, and it just popped up. I hadn't looked at this before. It's totally Lovecraftian. It just, like, shows up. That's so weird. My microphone is like, I'm never buying. Women take him out to dine, and he steals the waiter's dime. Barney Google with a goo goo googly Barney Google with a goo goo googly eyes. Barney Google is the luckiest of guys. If he fell into the mud, he'd come up with a diamond set. Barney Google with a goo goo googly eyes. Who's the greatest fire chief this country ever saw? And who's the man who loves to hear the blazing building draw? Anytime a house is burning and the flames leap all about, they tell me do who goes kerchief and puts the fire out. Why, it's a bonny Google with a Google googly eyes. Bonny Google told his horse to win the prize. He got odds of 10 to 8. Bark plug came in three days late. Bonny Google with a Google googly